0: From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air.
1: Again, all the police officers were, are relying on the probable cause of the initial officers who started the confrontation. Said so Luther Hall was um, maybe
0: resisting um, or somehow exactly. exactly did something to bring this beating on himself. That's
1: what they were relying on. All kinds of different theories about how the phone, the cell phone could have ended up uh, broken. Not a single officer said that they thought anything was amiss. Prosecutors oftentimes do better than they did the first time when you get a hung jury. And that's because now the prosecutor really knows the extent of the defense case.
0: I'm Sarah Fenske. Yesterday, a federal jury in St. Louis found former police officer Dustin Boone guilty of beating an undercover black colleague. The beating took place during the protests that filled downtown streets four years ago. The official charge? Aiding and abetting in the deprivation of Officer Luther Hall's civil rights. And that guilty verdict carries a steep penalty up to 10 years in prison. This was prosecutor's second attempt in the case. In March, a jury deadlocked on charges against Boone and Christopher Myers. Yesterday, the jury again failed to reach a verdict for Myers, and Judge E. Richard Weber declared a mistrial in his case. KSDK ITeam reporter Christine Byers was there for both trials, and she joins us today. Christine, welcome. Thank you, Sarah. So, Christine, yesterday seems like a pretty dramatic day with a fair amount of confusion. Did courtroom observers fear fear that there was going to be another hung jury for both of these
1: officers? Yes, absolutely. Yesterday was high drama in the courtroom for sure. Um, It started around 1230 or so when the jury sent a note after having deliberated all of Wednesday and that early half of Thursday morning. So they sent a note uh, that said, we are unable to reach a decision on either defendant. Hmm. And so at that point, you know, everyone was thinking we were going to have um, a hung jury on both defendants. Well, um, prosecutors asked that the judge... Uh, use what's known, what's called the Allen Law, more commonly known as the Hammer Instruction, uh, where basically they, the judge will read an instruction to the jury, bring them back in and say to them, uh, we really appreciate your service, um, but we really need you to try this again. We really want you to go back, do some further deliberations, really try to reach a decision. Um, And there's, of course, much more uh eloquent legal language <laughs> in the in it that I'm that I'm describing but essentially it's it's telling them to just give it one more try um and the judge actually paused before he gave it and said uh in his career he had not had to do it before wow. um and he's 79 years old and he was appointed by Bill Clinton so i mean he's been around a while um so so yeah so he gave the hammer instruction And the jury was sent back to uh, resume deliberations. And then about an hour and a half later, uh, another note came. And this note was asking for clarification on a jury instruction that had to do with Dustin Boone. And then before they even had a chance to respond to that note, another note came that said, we have reached a decision on Boone, but we are unable to reach a decision on Myers.
0: Boy, that, and that, that's so, the judge, so interesting. I mean, the, yeah. the judge reads this hammer reading um, and tells them, go back and, and don't give up. And then they're able to push through
1: within maybe just an hour. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty quick. And so then, so these two notes come in relatively at the same time. The judge, you know, believes, well, answering their question about the jury instruction is pretty irrelevant at this point, it seems. There's a bench conference. One can only speculate, of course, what goes on there, Mm -hmm. but they come back um, and the judge decides to send the explanation of the jury instruction just to be on the safe side. And um, another hour and a half, two hours goes by and another note comes in and says, we are still unable to reach a verdict on Myers. Hmm. And so then at that point, everybody was thinking, well, wait a minute, maybe... What they said earlier about we've reached a decision on Boone still stands, and this jury's ready to go. So he sent his clerk to get clarification. Lo and behold, that was the case. Um, so they had spent that extra time deliberating more on Myers. Uh, supposedly, again, it's speculation. Yeah. But given the, what their notes said, that's what one would conclude. And um, we they read their verdict and and they found you know. They went from being hung on Dustin Boone to guilty just in a matter of hours after having heard that instruction. Wow. So what was the reaction there in the courtroom to this guilty verdict? Oh, it was highly emotional. Um, There were a lot of supporters there for Dustin Boone, his wife, his parents, I believe some siblings. Um, His wife could barely contain herself and, um, you know, her cries and her... Her tears were audible. I mean, her. it was obvious that she was crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all very, very upset. Um, there was Luther Hall supporters in the room, too, who were very, very happy. Um, so it was just, you know, complete polar opposite uh, of feelings there. Um, there were a lot of people gathered in the gallery. Uh, a lot of the U.S. attorney's office was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Yeah. Well, this was a big victory
0: for US attorney Carrie Constantin who was the lead prosecutor on this case. She was also the prosecutor back in March when they ended up with a hung jury. Now, last week on this show, we interviewed Peter Joy. He's a professor at Washington University School of Law. Here's what he told us about this attempt this this retrial.
1: I, I'm not going to second guess it, but I will tell you this, uh, it, and, and this is something statistically if you look at it, that when you have a case retried, uh, prosecutors oftentimes do better than they did the first time when you get a hung jury. And that's because now the prosecutor really knows the extent of the defense case. Uh, The prosecutor in in this case, Carrie Costantin, she's an excellent prosecutor. Um, And so I wouldn't make any bets on this.
0: So that is Peter Joy. He kind of called it here last week. Christine, you've sat through both of these trials. Did prosecutors come in this second time with a more finely
1: honed case? absolutely i would agree with that statement um a hundred percent specifically her closing argument i felt was a lot better this time around in terms of her focusing on um specific evidence in the case and um prosecutors this time around also did something different with the photographs that were available um and the video evidence that was available this time they basically sort of color coded each defendant in the in the photos and made the photos black and white so you could clearly see and track their movements. Um, Of course the defense actually loved those photos because they felt that those photos clearly showed their clients were not at uh, Luther Hall at the moments in which he's being assaulted um, according to his his, the, what was captured on his cell phone oh interesting but I think um, yeah I think I think Carrie Costantin though um, did a good job in explaining that there was um, 39 seconds where there are no photos there is no video we don't know what happens to Luther Hall um, and so she focused a lot on that 39 second gap defense attorneys tried um, countering that with witness testimony um, there was a sergeant that put the handcuffs on Luther Hall and and said, yeah, when I got there, there, nothing was amiss. There was nothing that I observed that was uh, out of bounds here. And, you know, Carrie Costantin had just described that moments ago with the beating as, you know, any officer with minimal training who would have come upon this would have, would have known immediately this was improper. So defense attorneys really focused in on that sergeant saying nothing was amiss because his statement accounts for that 39 seconds in their opinion. Um, so but it wasn't enough.
0: It wasn't enough. Well, Christine Byers, as you can tell, she knows all the details of what happened there in that courtroom. And so if you have a question or comment about what happened at this trial, our phone lines are open. You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air. Now, Christine, something new in this trial. Prosecutors had some additional evidence that they got entered in here. And these were some text messages that were really eye-catching, certainly really bad publicity for these officers, if nothing else. They showed Dustin Boone using the N-word, gloating about violent confrontations from other suspects. Did those messages end up making much of a difference in court?
1: You know, it's really hard to say because um, I haven't spoken to any of the jurors yet, but it certainly felt like it to me, sitting there as an observer. um, You know, at one point, and I do think it definitely mattered to the jurors, uh, and it's because Carrie Costanton, in her closing argument, put together a PowerPoint uh, walking jurors through exactly when those text messages were uh, sent and showed how and here's the time when, you know, here's the night that this assault takes place. And here's here's what's in his mind. Here's what he is saying. And so um, it was interesting because then one of the many notes that the jury sent on Wednesday to the judge during their deliberations included can we get that PowerPoint? So clearly, to me, they were they were thinking about those text messages. This was important evidence for them.
0: One of the most eye-catching things in the prosecutor's brief where they introduced a lot of this was this idea that Dustin Boone was live streaming the beating of Luther Hall and that he was doing this for the enjoyment or the excitement of his girlfriend, now wife. Is that something that ended up a, a big part of what was discussed in court?
1: Oh, yes, definitely. Um, she emphasized that point again in the closing argument, um, more so than she really did, um, during the trial. She really focused in on that. And, um, Dustin Boone's wife was visibly, um, irritated, <laughs> uh, with, with Carrie Costanton's interpretation of, um, the little sort of messages that the wife was sending during that, during that live stream, that FaceTime that she was doing with Dustin Boone that night, um, Clearly disagreeing with uh, Miss Costantin's summary of what she was meaning in her text messages at that point. Um, she made comments like, That's gross. And Carrie Costantin said, Well, what do we know was happening at that point? Um, and she said, Luther Hall's lip was bleeding profusely and his head was turned to the side for just a moment where she may have seen it. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what she was reacting to. Um, so. Yeah, as you say, she
0: visibly disagreed with that interpretation of things. But that may well have made a powerful impression on the jury.
1: Oh yes, and this jury, this jury was so ready to be done with this. I mean, they, they, they visibly expressed like at one point one of the jurors like threw his kind of like threw his head back a little bit when um, I think it was the prosecutors at one point were like, let's go through the video again. (laughs) The the jury did not want this again. No. (laughs)
0: Was it the violence that they didn't want to see the violence again? Or was this that they were really
1: hitting this evidence hard? It felt like enough. It felt like enough because, I mean, hours and hours of going frame by frame by millisecond by millisecond um, had gone on. And it it was so interesting, though, because to me, every time I would see it, I would see something new. You know, Um, and it was like, I thought I saw it enough, but. This is like the Zapruder film. We could be analyzing this for
0: (laughs) for decades to come. Well, Christine, look, we've been talking a lot about Dustin Boone today. He's the one who was found guilty yesterday. He's the one who had the most incendiary text messages by far. There was also a second officer there. This is Christopher Myers. He was represented by Scott Rosenblum. He's again walking free after the jury deadlocked for a second time on these charges against him. Scott Rosenblum is certainly a terrific lawyer. What did he do well
1: in this case? I think he planted the seed of reasonable doubt um, extraordinarily well. Um, he offered all kinds of different theories about how the phone the cell phone could have ended up uh, broken. And the timing of which it ended up broken, where it was when it got broken. And we should Um, clarify
0: that cell phone is critical to the charges here. Myers was charged um, not with beating uh, Luther Hall, but with a charge of destruction of evidence. And the allegation was he did this intentionally, destroyed
1: the cell phone to destroy evidence of the beating. Is that right? Correct. And so prosecutors were trying to argue that he intentionally destroyed, destroyed the cell phone. Because he knew that there was evidence on the cell phone that could be used in an investigation, uh, of this beating later. So that was why he destroyed the cell phone. So they had to prove two things. They had to prove one that he destroyed it, or tried to, because actually it didn't, it just shattered the screen. Mm -hmm. Um, The phone was operable. Uh, So number one, they had to prove that he tried to destroy it. And number two, they had to prove his intent. And that was that was key. Because every officer that got on that stand, um, defense attorneys made a point to ask them, did you think anything was amiss with the level of force you were seeing being used here? Not a single officer said that they thought anything was amiss. The FBI did 120 interviews um, as part of this investigation. Not a single person said, we thought there was something seriously wrong here. Again, all the police officers were, are relying on the probable cause of the initial officers who started the confrontation, that being Bailey Coletta and Randy Hayes. Um, and so everyone just kind of assumed that there there had to be some sort of reason for this use of force there had to be some sort of probable cause that luther hall was um, maybe
0: resisting
1: or something exactly somehow did something to bring this beating on himself exactly and so that's what they were relying on um but he did a he did a fantastic job of, of planting the idea that how is it that christopher myers is the only man on earth that possibly knew there could possibly be an investigation into this matter at some point in time when no one else thought anything was wrong. Hmm. Well, he, obviously a
0: very successful theory of how to handle this case. He's a good lawyer. Uh, do we know if prosecutors are
1: going to try yet again uh, to, to convict Christopher Myers? Well, thankfully, I did have the opportunity to ask Carrie Costantin uh, following the verdict yesterday. She came out and addressed the press, which was something she didn't do the first time. Um, and I asked her, are you going to do a third time? And she basically said the decision hadn't been made yet. Now, mind you, it was, you know, an hour after the verdict. Mm-hmm. But still, um, she did, though, say that Luther Hall's opinion on whether this should go a third time is going to matter in their decision-making process as well. Because if keep in mind, he had to testify twice, um, once in the first trial, and he testified again in this trial. And it was clearly not easy for him. Hmm. So he may be ready to be done at this point.
0: And if so, it sounds like they wouldn't push it. It's hard to tell, but that's kind of what I believe. Okay. Well, Dustin Boone now faces up to 10 years in prison. That
1: sentencing is likely in a couple months, is the thinking. Yeah, it, there was another thing, interesting thing from yesterday as well. Typically, they set a sentencing date, but that, I think, just fell by the wayside yesterday. So... Um, But Carrie Costantin did say to me that it'll be somewhere between 8 and 12 weeks when um, a sentencing for Dustin Boone will occur. And also keep in mind, you know, um, it's hard to know if he'll get the full 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, There are federal sentencing guidelines that come into play that, you know, sort of try to characterize the type of person and the type of crime that this was. And, you know, everything factors in from your criminal record to um, the gravity of the charges and, and that sort of thing. But it's federal sentencing is serious. Um, there's there's going to be some time.
0: Well, we are going to come back to you for more when we get to that point. So Christine Byers, ITeam reporter for KSDK, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you.